And, you know, some physicians take to it naturally, some don't. And so it's a skill set that, that we need to work on and we need to perfect. On today's episode, which is part two, if you haven't checked out, check out part one. This is where Sandy and Dr. Bob Underwood continue their conversation. Today's episode, they're digging deeper into different ways to develop physician leaders, some specific tactics on time management, and uh, quite a few other topics. So I personally think there's some great value in this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's spot on. I love the way you're framing up that for um, physicians moving into leadership roles, there's opportunities to start developing skills, either strategically or otherwise. Talk to us a little bit about, for a physician who's interested in maybe learning some leadership opportunities, what are some unique opportunities that you see for physicians who are interested in leadership? Sure. So almost every department has a medical director. And so I think moving into a director role or approaching, if you're brand new, approaching the director saying, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to be part of this. I think that that's, those are opportunities. We also have 90-day teams. This is something that we do at our organization. So we come up with a, a strategic initiative or something that we want to change and we want to do it relatively quickly. So I have an organizational excellence team um, that works under me and I've got a Six Sigma black belt that helps run that department. But we, through Laura, that's her name, uh, we developed these 90-day teams where we really try to drive a significant change in a short period of time. We need physicians on those teams to help understand from the clinical perspective and from the uh, doctor's perspective um, what that change needs to look like. Can we pull nurses and respiratory therapists? Depends on, on what we're working on at any given time. And that would be an opportunity at our organization where you could come in, you could be part of something, um, start to understand kind of how those interactions work within an organization, because that's something that doctors really just aren't exposed to all that much. And then work your way up, you know, chair a committee. Uh, you know, there's still pharmacy, uh, pharmacy therapeutics committee. We've got a physician IT advisory committee. We've got a utilization review committee, tons of them, and work your way into those committees and directorships as well. And then there's always the elected uh, positions within uh, the medical executive committee. All of those are opportunities, and all of them are things that you will do. And when you first start out, it's not always going to go the way you think it should, but you'll always be learning. I certainly have had a physician recently who just came onto the medical executive committee and the complexity of the organization was a real eye opener to that position. <laughs> Good. I really appreciate the way you keep reframing things as learning opportunities and really inviting people to to look for matches, like would it be a chair committee? Um, what kind of committee might be a match? And considering there's ways we can align ourselves with the organization needs. Right. Great. So, so for physicians who are interested in stepping into some leadership roles, I know one of the questions that comes up is this whole notion of time management. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about um, if you had some favorite tips or tools that you personally use to help manage time, what comes to mind? Uh, preparation. It's, I would say that that's one of the big ones for me is I've got to kind of know what lies ahead. Um, so that in the back of my mind, I'm putting pieces in together, taking advantage of opportunities where there's, uh, 
I wouldn't even say downtime, but something I don't have on my schedule that I can kind of step in and get something else done. So when I said that I come in the morning relatively early, part of the end of that before I really start into a meeting is to review my daily schedule, make sure I'm prepared for that. The other is on Friday afternoons, I look at the next week and make sure that I'm I'm comfortable with what's going to be coming up in the next week. And then on uh, on Monday morning, um, I also try to review what's going to be coming up for the next week, make sure I didn't forget anything over the weekend. And that's assuming I wasn't working over the weekend. I also still work clinically, so I work urgent care sometimes on the weekends. But those are some of the things that I think are important. It's just having uh, what we we used to term in the military situational awareness so that you're making sure that you're maximizing your time. The other is I keep a, a bullet journal with a list of everything that I'm working on, my whole to-do list for the next year and all, all these other things. And I use different color pens. So everybody thinks I'm obsessive compulsive about my pen use. <laughs> uh, okay. So you have to tell for folks listening, you have to tell us about the bullet journal. I don't know. Okay. That- so bullet journal, you can Google it. And so there's different ways to do a, a bullet journal. Most of the times, if you Google a video on YouTube about a bullet journal, it has how to draw really pretty pictures in it and make everything color coordinated and all this stuff. I don't do that. So, uh, but what I do have is every day is in a different color and that's really so I can reference things really fast as I'm flipping through. So I tend to use three different colors. A bullet journal is something, like I said, it's, it's basically an empty book and everything I've ever used, the day timers that are out there or the at a glance or all the different brand name calendars and scheduling and to-do lists, none of them ever worked for me. There was always weaknesses within the pathway. And so I started picking up a bullet journal after I read about it. And I said, okay, well, I'll just make my own. So it works for me. And, um, you know, I've trialed and errored and done a couple of different things, but I've got it down to where I've been doing pretty much the same thing for two years now. So it's it's just a way to keep track of your projects, keep track of your to-do list, be able to look at what do I have coming up and how do I budget my time around that. It was actually kind of interesting because I was talking to my daughter who uh, she's a a counselor back in Virginia where I used to live. And I was talking to her about my bullet journal and she says, oh, I keep a bullet journal. And so maybe it is somewhat. (laughs) The ones I've seen from people um, come from people that are really creative. It's a way to really organize complex concepts, just different frameworks, like you said, you know, things to do. I don't know, I have to ask, do you ever reference, like, put recipes or things around your cooking in your bullet journal? No, my bullet journal is almost exclusively dedicated to work. Okay. So that's something that I don't, uh, I mean, I keep it, I I take it home, so if I think of something, I'll write it down. Right. But there's very little that's in here that's not part of what I do on a day-to-day basis. Right. Awesome. So... Well, and what I'm getting from that is you've really individualized it. And it sounds like people that find solutions are are structures and supports that specifically work for them. Yes, I I would agree. And, you know, I don't I don't know that the way I do it would work for somebody else. It's just it's what makes sense in my little compartmentalized brain. (laughs) That's so good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as we come into the close here, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch base on. And one is 
Um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your book. Congratulations for writing that. Sounds really exciting, and I'm looking forward to getting one myself. Tell us a little bit about the title and where people could find it. Sure. So it's it's Leadership Compass for Medical Professionals, and it's a story. It is not one of these, you know, this is what you do in this situation. It is not a how-to book. It is actually a story about a physician who ends up in a medical director role. And he realizes that he's not really prepared for the skill set that he needs to build alignment among the other physicians that he's a medical director over. And in the process, one of his patients turns out to be a former army officer. And so he's kind of commiserating and he says, well, have you done this? And he's like, no, I haven't done it. You know, have you written down what your values are and what you want to try to accomplish while you're a medical director? Have you explained to the other physicians what we're trying to accomplish um, as a team? And so it really is kind of a lesson by lesson experience for this young medical director in terms of what are the things that matter, not just in that technical sense, but also you know, are you building alliances? Are you building trust? You know, the the nurse manager or the coordinator over your specific, particular specialty, have you partnered with them? And are you supporting them and what they're trying to accomplish as a new leader in that role? And so it goes into a lot of those and it ends up where he actually writes his own leadership philosophy and then shares it with his team. So that's kind of the storyline uh, that's behind it. Again, I'm working with Dennis Haley. He's the one who came up with the you know, a person gets put into a position, um, and then I've built the rest of that around the healthcare environment um, and what it's like to work in healthcare. And of course, we all know how complex that that can be um, in the little uh, tertiary, secondary tertiary consequences of decisions that we make. And um, when I was working on this with Dennis and started to explain that, you know, actually the physicians don't generally work for the hospital. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. Um, he was like, really? And I said, yeah, that's, that's healthcare. That's, that's what we try to manage in the healthcare environment. So two most complex organizations that I'm familiar with are the military and hospitals. And I've had the pleasure of, and honor, honestly, of, of serving on both. Wow. I can't help but imagine. Well, let me ask you, have you written a, a discussion guide? for people to get together and have like book club discussions on the book? No, I didn't even think of that. So that's a good idea. Yeah, I know a number of hospitals are starting to do that. They're getting teams together to read a particular book. And I was imagining how your book might come with a discussion guide to help people internalize and apply that lesson to themselves, but then also could be a facilitated discussion amongst a group of people. Well, I think when we're done here, you and I need to talk again. <laughs> okay, one last one other thing about your book, though. Where can people find it if they want to buy that? Where can they get it? Yep. So, um, Academy Leadership is the is the company that I'm working th- through um, in order to get it published, and so it will be on their website. Um, but the other is all the Academy Leadership books are available on Amazon. Awesome. Good to know. And so with that, tell us a little bit more in terms of social media. If people want to track with you or keep up with what you're reading or noticing or doing, how can they follow you? Um, I am on LinkedIn. 
Um, as are you, I, I follow you on LinkedIn. And yes, fact. I follow you. Um, <laughs> so, um, although I'd like to get more active, um, with that, I think once the, once the book is, um, all the way through publication, that'll give me a little bit more time, uh, to be able to do that. You know, I like to, I read a lot of articles, especially around leadership and leadership in medicine from Harvard business review. Certainly there's articles that are very commonly put out in Becker's. Um, and if I find something that I like or that I appreciate, I'll repost that or I'll share it on LinkedIn. So I don't have my own podcast, but those are the kinds of things that I like to do. And I'll also share things. For example, when you put things on, on LinkedIn, I'll often share those things because I want other people who know me and who I've worked with before to be able to gain a little bit from the wisdom that you bring forward. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. So maybe in closing, I'd love to give you a, a minute or two to really share a bit about your message, your vision um, that you see for the world as sort of a closing thought that you want to share with our people. Kind of as I've alluded before, I mean, healthcare, healthcare is a, a sacred occupation. And oftentimes we get into the day-to-day of what we're doing and we forget how meaningful it is to the people that we interact with all of the time. And so in the long, in the long run, I want everybody to, to understand that we really are trying to achieve the same outcomes that we're trying to do an outreach where we can reach everybody that we can reach to help promote their wellness and take care of their medical needs wherever we can reach them by whatever means that we can reach them. And that we are in a rapidly changing environment. And we're trying to take on new technology, new methodologies of taking care of people. And everybody's going to try to come up with new solutions, but we're all trying to get to the same place. And the other thing about it, and I know you and I both have read some of Simon Sinek and uh, his most recent information has been about the infinite game. And so, you know, we're all trying to get to the same place, but there really is no destination. It's really all about the journey. And we're going to continue to improve for the people that we can reach, whether they're in our communities or even broader. You know, I think technology gives us an opportunity to expand the care that we provide well beyond the walls of our hospital, even beyond the walls the borders of our states, it, it's it's going to be a never-ending journey, and that's where we're headed. Um, always expanding, always improving the care. So awesome. So awesome. Well, I feel so grateful to have had this time today with you. I feel very grateful for this conversation, and it really is an honor for me to spend time with you. I'm inspired by um, the background that you've had, um, the work that you're doing now, I'm really kind of tickled by some of your hobbies. (laughs) Those just really tell the story about how you're building your life as, as a leader, as a man, and as a family member. So thank you so much for being so open with me and with our listeners. And I appreciate your time today and look forward to continuing our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate being here.